But I'm very much, you know, about water and the river and all that. So we get a call, excuse me, it's called, and a, a human arm uh, washes up in Lockport, Kentucky, in Henry County at lock number two. Warning. The podcast you're about to listen to may contain graphic descriptions of violent assaults, murder, and adult language. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to the Murder Police Podcast, The Murder of Goldie Massey, Part 3. Why did you say that? I was like, Scoon, there's no carpet in that in that front room of that apartment. Oh, <laughs> the apartment, the carpet has been removed from the so front room. So you could room. see enough through that sliver. Oh, door there that you we could, could. I could see the entire living room. It wasn't was, a sliver. He held like an arm's oh, length. Yeah, of the I could door see. Open. I could. I mean, he was standing in the doorway, but he couldn't. He couldn't obscure my view where I could see all the way in. And the cart, the carpet was gone. It was down the concrete. Which, for the listeners that didn't take civics or take it seriously. That's a legal observation because Absolutely. you're legally where you're supposed to be. I was not That's in correct. his apartment. I exactly. was outside of his apartment and, looking at And when you're a place it. you're legally entitled to be, your, your, your field of vision, everything carries you. You should be a detective. That's a pretty good clue. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you- uh, I, and, and looking back, obviously hindsight's twenty twenty, But in that moment, we, it was more of a, man, it, I can't believe that there's no carpet. I mean, we were kind of joking about it, but now – I mean, that was huge. You know, right. it, it was it was huge just to the the fact of investigating further, investigating further, knowing what we knew, seeing what we saw. That was right. it was it just it all added up. So where did you leave it with him? Just thank you for your time. For your we'll time. get back yep. to you yep. if we need something. Yep. Right. Thank, thank you very much. As Dave, Have a great day. Right. And as Dave always, I mean, I knew this and as Dave and I always practice when we were working together is. It's better leave on great terms because you're going to have to come back eventually. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right. I mean, and again, you know, one thing I picked up on, too, is that uh, when you talked about the arm, he offered the leg. That's that's you can't overlook right. that. Right. He offered additional. And of course, he sounds like he's like I said, he's building qualifiers and everything. Anyway, sure. he's going to over talk, which is why, that's why you never want to back that down. So God bless him. So that's all we have about Massey at that point. Okay. Now, of course, I want your listeners to read. To remember, and if they've listened to your, obviously, your podcast several times, they know in Lexington, a homicide detective just doesn't have one case. So in that time, we're still working several cases. Now it's Dawn Dunn, who is a homicide detective at that time. She's up next for the homicide. So I take her on my next interview. Yeah, because in the meantime, I'd caught a homicide, so I was no longer working with him. Right. (laughs) So uh, October 15th, just two days later, after he caught his homicide, um, I tell her that I looking her son had told me that she wanted to borrow some money from her uncle. So I locate her uncle, Don Dunn and I go and interview him and he gives us a pretty good um, description of family dynamics. And I he, think he actually gave a pretty good timeline too. He did. Um, the night that she went missing, she had texted him to borrow some money because he knew she was in financial trouble. And he said, I have $50 or $100 for you. That's all I have right now. But if it'll help you, stop by on your way to Rose and Jim's and I'll lend it to you. 
And he said that she showed up, Paris was with her, and then that was the last time he had seen her. But he wanted to let us know that her son, Zach, has a bad drug habit and that they argue often. Terrible. And But if she was in any trouble whatsoever, she would call him. And if he hasn't heard from her, she may be on the run due to the money issue. So that didn't help us at all. It actually opened up more doors. Right. That's what yep. it did. I Which mean, it, it really it, it gave us now Zach is a suspect. It gave us, oh, Goldie's on the run because she owes money. And now we got the guy that were, that supposedly was the last one to see her, Paris Charles. So we're 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 kind of spinning wheels at this point. Yeah, no shortage of rabbit holes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. So the next time I get to work on it is three days later on October 18th. Don has caught her homicide. <laughs> so now it's Franz Wolf's turn. Mm-hmm. So I take Franz. Franz yes. Mm. Franz and I find out that uh, Zach Massey has been arrested in Bourbon County for narcotics. So all the information we're getting is true, that he has a drug Just issue. Problem. And we go and interview Zach Massey in the jail. And I will say this, Franz did – he was amazing at this interview. Um, I don't want to say good cop, bad cop, because <laughs> I know everybody thinks that Franz would be the bad cop automatically <laughs> if anybody knew Franz. But he went in there with an open mind and asked Zach to go over everything step by step of what he told the police, the telephone calls, his girlfriend's uh, – the night that his wife went missing, his girlfriend's patterns – because we found out in that interview that she actually works at Walmart. She was supposed to take Zach's mother to Walmart and get picked up by Charles, Paris Charles. Yeah, to back up, to clarify. So Zach had a girlfriend named Samantha Smiley. They were living together. Okay. Samantha was working at the Walmart in Georgetown, and we'd found out they had found out that um, Samantha had given Goldie a ride to Georgetown to meet, to meet Paris. So that's kind of the, how that good, good. came through. Okay. When that in, that interview in, in when Franz and Chris talked to him while he was in custody, so they got a lot of clarification on that, and especially knowing that we knew that she had been she had been taken somewhere by another person that was big, uh, and and creating, and and you know as well as I do, and I'm sure that over this thing, timelines are essential, and and knowing where people are, you know. Yeah. Not just working backwards, but working from the point where you can get a good starting point forward to where you've well, last now, seen that person. And now you have another person. Correct. To, to, we have more people to talk to. To verify those timelines and story. Right. Well, and we all know what when someone says Walmart, that's a goldmine for us because what's at Walmart? Cameras. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. So, I mean, it, that when we hear those terms in, in places where we know that are in public that have cameras, it just, for us, that is, makes it that much easier because then we can really, we can confirm what people are telling us. So. Right. During that interview with Franz, we find out that Zach has given all of his, all of Goldie's property to her sister, including her computer, all her clothes, Everything that was in his apartment, because remember, Goldie was evicted from her apartment. She moved in with Zach and his girlfriend, Samantha Smiley. In Cynthiana. In Cynthiana. 
And that's so, that's a key because remember Cynthiana because we'll get into that in a minute right. and it's it's pivotal. And remember, yeah, Paris said I picked her up and Cynthiana. So now who are you believing, right? So now I'm losing hair, and I don't have a lot of, to lose. <laughs> no, be very like, careful. Yeah. <laughs> Real game, hey, right? I, I will right. say, I will say this: got a nice cut for tonight too. By the he way. did, yeah. He did, did. I mean, he, nice. he shaped up yeah. both. See, of them. that's yeah. all I wanted. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It took five minutes. I paid twenty bucks. Go brush your teeth. <laughs> These guys. <laughs> uh, so, of course, three days later, we get to talk to um, Goldie Massey's sister, Cheryl. Cheryl. Cheryl Taylor. Steve. Or Sailor. Sailor, yes. Cheryl Sailor. And you don't spell Cheryl by Cheryl. It's not Cheryl, it's Cheryl. S H I R L. Oh. What a Cheryl. sweetheart. Sweetheart. Yeah, yeah. Absolute sweetheart. Cheryl-y. She just goes by Cheryl. Cheryl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sweetheart. She prov- she provides us with um all of her her box of shit. Yeah, a lot, a lot of clothes. <laughs> but here's one thing, right? So we're talking October, right? And and there's few nights if we all even in in Kentucky. A few nights are going down to 40 degrees. Sure. Absolutely. And she provides us with a computer. Mm-hmm. So Steve and I go through the bo- the box of stuff <laughs> and discover her winter clothes are in there. So, her coat. Right. Yeah, her coat. And the computer, really, there was nothing of significance on the computer, but the clothes really concerned Steve and I. Mm. Um. You're not going out at, at 40 degrees without a coat or at least sweatshirts on. Mm, true. And in the meantime, we're still checking the video from Walmart, right? There's a process that everybody has to go through, even if it's Walmart, that you have to obtain the video from. Um, and once we do, we find that Samantha, when we interviewed her, said, yes, I drove her to she, Walmart she, because yeah. she wanted to meet Paris at Walmart. And he, then he was going to take her into Fayette County. And sure enough, she was waiting outside of the Walmart, and you see a vehicle come a and pick her a up. A van. A van, right. Not a white wall panel serial killer van, but a van. <laughs> mm-hmm. A carpenter's van, I would say, a maintenance guy's van. Picks her up, and you see them pull out and go towards Fayette County. So you anchor the timeline, and you get a And you validated the story. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. We validated Zach's story. That right. Piece. Zach's story. That piece, That's yeah. correct. And Samantha's story. Yes, um, so after we interview, uh, Zach on the 20th, on the 21st, very next day, I would say this is between the timeline, between all the interviews that we've done, we have enough for a search warrant for Goldie Massey's phone and, um, Paris's phone. We can do exigent circumstances legally. On those two phones, we can't go with Zach's phone because we don't have enough to say. He was the last person to see her, right? right. And you need that for a search warrant. So we did do a search warrant on those phone records. Where was and Goldie's? Did Oh, you didn't see? You just did it on her record. You didn't physically ever find her phone or did you find her phone? We, we no. don't know where Goldie is at this point. Right. Well, Goldie, no, might, Goldie might be a unicorn at this point. No, for as no far phone, as the no phone in the box of winter but what clothes. we but what we did have, and what was most important that really got us to that search warrant was Paris Charles and Goldie Massey in a van at Walmart in Georgetown at this time, and that was shortly before. Um, he supposedly took her to her to old Range residence. Court, correct. 
So that was the basis of the exigency of getting that search warrant for cell records. So you felt like there was a clear contradiction with his statement. That Absolutely. You felt free. Okay, yeah, good. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think we have enough at that point for it a judge to sign off. Yeah, you'd have to have a – yeah, right. good. Right. And we don't know, is she still alive? Is he right. keeping her in his dungeon at his house? Because he wouldn't let us in, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's it's what a common person would believe is yeah. how you get those search warrants, right? So that, and that's what it showed. Um and with and to and also to go along with that with an exigent, we're not getting like historical data and things that we're not getting call history data. We're just asking phone we're just where's the phone at um that's all that we're just asking for locations of that phone in a certain time frame so we're not saying hey who did she call who did he call we're just asking where was the phone between this time and that time yeah it's Uh, like it's like you can't ask for general dumps right right, right. we're not we're not getting specific on the search warrant but we're saying hey something's going on here can you tell us where these phones are what did that show those results of that search well and what i want your listeners to realize is when you get that type of search warrant it gives you a triangular Mm -hmm. it doesn't pinpoint area it It does not pinpoint it diet so every every tower every every cell phone tower has what's called an azimuth or a sector that it hits off of every tower has three sections to it so it'll give a directionality of where the call is coming in from so like if you if you think of a piece of pie and it's cut into three sections, so if a phone call is made from this area, it will come in this way or dialed out, it'll go that way. Or if it's coming from the south, the west. So a cell phone tower is cut into three different sections or azimuths, and that's how those calls, uh, you can sort of see directionality on it. It's not foolproof because sometimes they get bumped to other cell towers and things of that nature. But for the most part, in general, that's kind of how they work. Right. A good example of that is – Real bird that happened just this past weekend. There are so many individuals <laughs> yeah. hitting off of one tower. The they cell phone probably got routed to Cincinnati. To another, oh, yeah. right. phone calls and did. then you, so that would really have a damper on it, the investigation. It determines, it's determined upon how busy the tower mm-hmm. is, how busy that sector is. Um, it still may hit off the same tower, but a different section, or it may get bumped to a different tower. Um, but that's explainable too. Um, sure. with, with, with cell phone experts, I mean, we, we just know the basics of it on how to sort of interpret cell phone records, but it, in general, you can, you can track a person by their cell phone based upon those cell towers. Right. So relatively quickly, it, the results come back and it shows that Goldie Massey's phone ceased working early morning of September 21st. More importantly, now, we have all our listeners thinking that Paris Charles has, has done this because, more <laughs> importantly, his phone was in the same exact location as her phone, but his phone remained working after the same hours on September 21st. Right. But who do we still have in the picture? We have the people that she embezzled money. We have her son, who's a drug addict, who she actually got addicted to drugs. Mm-hmm. And we also had the fact that she could just turn her phone off and take off. Right, because she doesn't. That's always there. Yeah. Right. I mean, she doesn't want to. She doesn't want to deal with the people she owes the money to. Right. Exactly. So everything's still on the table, sure. and we we get these cell phones. But is it that? Is it another little tick mark? Maybe we'll see. Yeah. You know, so you're starting the to phones are together. You know, they they're traveling the same path. Uh, we know they left together from the Walmart, right? We we saw them. We saw him pick her up at Walmart. They left together. We're seeing that travel from Georgetown to Rosen Gems. Around New Circle, and then Goldie's phone goes off, but his stays on. 
We'll be back after a quick break. Bloody FM presents Hometown Ghost Stories, a paranormal podcast that investigates a new town every week, bringing you all the hauntings from haunted houses to castles, bridges to asylums, wandering spirits to demons. Over 100 episodes covering different towns all over the world. Tune in to Hometown Ghost Stories live on YouTube every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern or on any podcast platform and find out if your hometown is haunted. Yeah, you're working toward circumstantial stuff really sure, right. at a good pace. Sure. But, but everything's still on the board. Oh, yeah. Right. And to make things worse, once Zach Massey gets arrested, um, Samantha Smiley gets moved out of uh, government housing. So we just hear that late. So we also, during the investigations, you have to have more than just word of mouth. So if somebody moves out, what's the best determination of if they can tell there was issues? And I, I'll jump ahead and I'll let the listeners think about this. And I'll tell you what Steve and I did to determine whether Zach really had anything, Zach and Samantha had anything to do with this. While he was in jail, we just followed up on certain things. And I'll, I'll let the listeners think about what they would do to find that answer. Oh, yeah, please. Yeah. Um, so in the meantime, we have a, a huge thing happen on October 24th. <laughs> I'll let Steve explain that. because Did you receive the call or did I? I, I think you did, but I mean, I, I remember it. And, so these and are normal I, calls for me. So, yeah. what, so what you have to understand is I live on the river in Fayette County, right? So I'm I'm like a river rat. I, in a van well, down I, by the river. Well, <laughs> I have property on the river, but I'm, I'm not that guy. Okay. But I'm very much, you know, about water and the river and all that. So we get a call, excuse me, it's called and a, a human arm. Uh, washes up in Lockport, Kentucky, in Henry County at lock number two. So, how far that just roughly? I think that be? I think by river, and again, me maybe the river guy. Yeah. this is exactly I think like, what he told me the <laughs> night I, we I got that call. I think by the river, hundred and nineteen miles. And what I did as I went, and and I will tell you, I went back because USGS has a site where you can go back in years and see flood. You can see how the river runs, right? So you can yeah. tell when it was flooded and when it was at flood stage and when it was so. It was, I did that, um, but yeah, that that arm washed up 119 miles down by river, not as a crow flies, but by river, 119 miles from the bridge at Clay's Ferry. Hmm. Wow! So like so, a fisherman so, finds so, it or something. Yes. yes. Did it actually do any locks or dams or anything? In a, it was thing? found below the lock there in Lockport okay. uh, gotcha. at lock number two. You, um, you can't so, leave it alone. It's still in your blood, isn't it? Oh, yeah. So, no, so, they, so, so they find an arm, that. right? I mean, they don't know anything about a missing persons in Lexington. I mean, no, no. it's just a human. It's just an arm. Well, let's take it a step further. Uh, since we're talking about river stuff and water and body parts, that's not uncommon. No. And, uh, you know, I grew up in Louisville on the Ohio River. And one of the most common things is finding a shoe on a beach with uh, foot bones still mm-hmm. in the toe region. Sure. That is that probably that if it, maybe somebody with the news will do a story on that one day and scare everybody. But mm-hmm. there are people falling off boats and jumping off bridges and drowning all the time that we never find. So, uh, well, as coming out the Kentucky River, let's talk about before I retired, the cars that we pulled out. Oh yeah, and found yeah. those human remains from probably back I guess in the seventies, and it was some uh, some bones in a woman's stocking yep. slinging in from a, the in river a, in a knit stocking. I remember yeah, that. that, that We're down kinda, there. Yeah, because I remember. 
Franz was joking about not having anything to do. And I said, if we pull something out of this river, it's yours. Yeah. <laughs> By yes. then I was joking too. <laughs> yeah. And I got a call. But so, yeah, going back to it is, yeah, it is important to go by the river miles because that's the distance traveled mm-hmm. if it, if you find that out. And then again, uh, human remains washing up or being found in bodies of water, not that unusual at all. If you'd stuck with fish and wildlife, you'd have been, you'd have dealt with that a lot. There, there you go. Yeah. But, but we, we, um, so we got a left arm. Uh, it was it was severed. Um, the shoulder, or no, from about from down. about the bicep, middle of the bicep okay. down. Okay. And can I correct something? I think what it was is an email went out, and we, you and I talked about the email. Should we make a call? Yes. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. It's coming back to me now. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I haven't done a lot of drugs at all. Yeah, it's coming back. <laughs> it only takes so, that one one time. So it wasn't like they found this arm and they're like, oh, call my gosh, Lexington. Lexington's right. got a missing person. Yeah. You know what I mean? Kind of thing. We need to call them because they haven't. I mean, they, they, fa- they found an arm. Right. We so, knew nothing of it. but And I think we we saw the link. You know how that link goes out to anybody with a missing person? Through NCIC. Yeah, and let's I, talk about that for a minute. NCIC, yeah. National Crime Information mm-hmm. uh, Center, is uh, when you find a person or parts of a person – how how what's how do we do that? Because this is where that magic happens. Yeah, it happens. just it gets entered into NCIC and mm-hmm. people that have missing persons that may be correlated to that. Amen. Then then it will come to that agency and this, and luckily it did for us when we got a teletype that we responded that, to. Yeah, that Henry County down there. I mean, found a human arm again for people who have uh, people and loved ones that are still missing. That take a little comfort in the idea that when you when you take and you get a sign of missing person report. You will get all of those NCIC transactions, mm-hmm. and you'll follow up on them. You'll look and see what the likelihood is. But it, it was kind of a regular thing, maybe a couple of times a week sometimes or a couple of times a month to get an NCIC transaction where they said, we have we have your missing person. We have this body part that we mm-hmm. believe could possibly. Yep. And it's a, it's, a, it's a way out there, but it's done on the – they're going to err on the side of caution on going way out there than missing it. I like letting people know that those things exist. Right. And can I add to this, David? Yeah. The important thing is there's also CODIS. So yes. if you have a loved one missing, go ahead and let those detectives that are investigating your loved one death or missing person, let them swab you. Agree oh, with sure. the swab. Let them put your swab into CODIS so they can match those body parts that are located at certain locations. It would shorten the process tremendously. Mm-hmm. And also – assist you in knowing whether or not that's your family member that was located because we all watch the news. We all hear right. body found at Lake Cumberland, body found in the woods in Laurel County. Mm-hmm. It will just give you a piece of, I can't say a peace of mind, but at least hope or no hope that they've located right. well, your loved I, I think what it does, it gives you a hand up. It gives you a little bit of a hand up. Which you is, know? The whole game is hands right. up. Exactly. The whole game. Yeah. Is, you want to be in it. front yeah. of it. Uh, I think yeah. that's the most important part. And, and not to, um, we're not going to rabbit hole this, but we've done two episodes on uh, uh, forensic genealogy where there's the next force multiplier. And I'm just going to tell people, go back and listen to uh, uh, the interview with uh, Jane, uh, DNA Doe mm-hmm. Project with Karen, Karen. Binder. And then uh, Sergeant Catalina, Catalino from California mm-hmm. when they identified somebody. I'm not going to go through the rabbit hole right mm-hmm. now. But it's fascinating stuff that's that's in the works right now. Coming back to the point, swab. If somebody mm-hmm. asks you for an exemplar or for a sample, give it. I've had loved ones did not or not agree to really? let me swab them in case their missing their loved one was found. 
Yeah, I, I absolutely have. They were probably serial killers twenty years ago. <laughs> yeah. and, and I'll be honest with you, not to not to plug Dr. Craig, but the 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 what she started with Namus down in North Texas. Yes, that Namus, that's it's huge. Um, yeah. and she really got a good thing started down there. Not only missing people, but body parts. You know, yes. as part of that. Um, so she she really got a good thing started down there. A hundred percent. Yeah. Well, did you when you all read that there was an arm? Did you suspicion no, no. that it could we, be golden? No, not at all. Or you're just I thinking mean, not, because it's so frequent what? that you get yeah. this type. I mean, thing. this we, what this we isn't any this job. We're gonna we. It's not like we live at the office, and it came in in the evenings, like before we yeah. went home. It's but it, it's what? something you should do if you really love this. Be diligent. Just be yeah. diligent, right? And so you should follow up. And then you can go home and sleep easy that you didn't miss something. Right. But it was this isn't something that like didn't happen all the time. You know what I mean? We we would get NCIC hits on missing people all the time. Um, so did we think anything of it? Not really. Because you get we because they're not, so frequent. Yeah, not really, right. but we had it. So what but happens? It, but there is that like I talked about, there's a there's another tick. You know what I mean? We're we're starting to add a few things up here. And those those ticks are going to be numbers, and two and two is going to equal four at some point. You know what I mean? So right. we're we're just trying to we're trying to get those foundation blocks built for us. So the arm goes to the Louisville State Medical Examiner's office, and I make a call the next day, the following day. Hey, can you get prints off of that, uh, off of the arm? Because obviously, her hand, the hand was still attached to the arm. Mm-hmm. Very depressing news. They kept telling me they were unsuccessful. It was in, yeah, it was in too bad of condition to be able mm. to be able to print and all that. Did right. they and, try and, hydrating and and well, well no. loading it up? They did not. We'll 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 get there. Yeah. So we were just Chris was just kind of told, ah, it's in too bad of shape. Can't do anything with mm-hmm. it. It's just not. You know well, I mean? So we started researching it because Steve said, "No, I think there's new." And back it's in the day, there's new house, stuff, right? Right. I mean, yeah. it's, it's there's, there's the and, I, and I'd seen this. I'd yeah. seen them rehydrate fingers before. Mm. You know, injecting them with water, but saline. And, but what yeah. you have to understand is this: this arm had been in water the whole time, right? So it was. Um, if you've ever seen, like, when you had get dishpan hands, when you're, kind of, yeah. So mm-hmm. you know, they said we just, you know, it's not good enough. So we were like, okay, we'll take you at your word. Yeah. But something interesting that we did find out about where it was severed was. Hey, you know, there's more to the story. So go download the next episode like the true crime fan that you are. The Murder Police podcast is hosted by Wendy and David Lyons and was created to honor the lives of crime victims. So their names are never forgotten. It is produced, recorded, and edited by David Lyons. The Murder Police podcast can be found on your favorite Apple or Android podcast platform, as well as at MurderPolicePodcast.com, where you will find show notes, transcripts, information about our presenters, and a link to the official Murder Police Podcast merch store, where you can purchase a huge variety of Murder Police Podcast swag. We are also on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube which is closed caption for those that are hearing impaired. Just search for the Murder Police Podcast and you will find us. If you have enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe for more and give us five stars and a written review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you download your podcasts. Make sure you set your player to automatically download new episodes so you get the new ones as soon as they drop. And please tell your friends. Lock it down, Judy.